WNGK. Spanish for me, huh? Well, I, you know, but, but you know, it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Keep, do, keep doing it. Nam yoho renge kyo. Nam yoho renge kyo. Can't say it three Nam. times to bring it back. D- do, do it three times. Nam renge. No, wait, wait. Nam renge. No, wait a minute. No. Nam yoho renge kyo. Nam. Yeah. <laughs> Nam yoho renge kyo. Nam yoho renge kyo. Nam yoho renge kyo. Nam yoho renge kyo. tongue twister in there. Yeah, 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 man. You say it really good, man. You took to that like a elephant to water, man. Yeah. All right. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, play something. Let's hear, let's hear this. Let's hear this. The Chiran Dai Shonen lived during a tumultuous time in 13th century. Can you hear that? Yes, I can. Almost year to year from some form of natural disaster, extreme weather event, famine, epidemic, or political instability. Searching for a way to relieve people's suffering, he delved into Buddhist scriptures and revealed the truth found in the depths of the Lotus Sutra, that all people possess the supremely noble life state of Buddhahood and that they have the power to transform their karma and attain a life state of absolute happiness in this lifetime. He recognized the title of the Lotus Sutra, Myoho, Ringe, Kyo, as the fundamental law of the universe that permeates all life and resonates as the life state of Buddhahood within all people. Adding to this title the word Nam, which means dedication to or devotion to, he established the practice of chanting Nam Myoho Ringe Kyo. Chanting Nam Myoho Ringe Kyo bravely and vigorously enables us to bring forth the wisdom to surmount adversity. Nam Myoho Ringe Kyo expresses the mystic principles and functions at work within our lives. It is an expression of the mystic law, which corresponds to the Buddha's intent to guide all people to enlightenment. As a graphic expression of this law, Nichiren inscribed the Gohon Zone to serve as an object of devotion and a mirror to reflect our innate enlightened nature and cause it to permeate every aspect of our lives. Why Nam Yoho Ringe Kyo? In the same way that our name represents who we are in our entirety, when we chant Nam Yoho Ringe Kyo, we are affirming everything taught in the Lotus Sutra. By chanting, we call forth our highest state of life, or Buddha nature, characterized by limitless courage, compassion, and wisdom. Nam means to dedicate one's life, Myoho means mystic law, Ringe literally indicates the lotus flower, representing the simultaneity of cause and effect, and Kyo means sound or teaching. There are many perspectives from which Nichiren explains the meaning and significance of Nam Myoho Ringe Kyo. Most important, though, is that it signifies dedicating our lives to the mystic law. Acting based upon that law, we work for the happiness of ourselves and others. Does chanting work even if I don't understand it? Nichiren teaches that even though we may not understand the full meaning of Nam Myoho Ringe Kyo, we can gain benefit by chanting this phrase. He writes, when a baby drinks milk, it has no understanding of its taste, and yet its body is naturally nourished. 
The five characters of Myoho, Ringe, Kyo, are nothing other than the intent of the entire sutra. So, even though the beginners in Buddhist practice may not understand their significance, by practicing these five characters, they will naturally conform to the sutra's intent. By chanting Nam Myoho Ringe Kyo, then, we can imbue our lives with the life state of Buddhahood. SGI President Ikeda says, of course, it is better if you understand the meaning of chanting and reciting sutra passages. That will strengthen your commitment to the law. But if you understand and yet fail to practice, it is all of no use. Moreover, you cannot understand the real depth of the teachings through reason alone. The Dai Shonen has taught us that through Gongyo and chanting Daimoku, Namyoho Ringe Kyo, we can reach an elevated state in which while engaged in our daily lives, we traverse the entire universe. When you chant to the Gohon Zone, the door to your microcosm is open to the entire universe, the macrocosm, and you experience a great, boundless joy, as if you were looking out over the entire cosmos. You feel great satisfaction and rejoicing, a great wisdom, as if you held the entire universe in your palm. Studying Buddhism is an integral part of practice because it helps us deepen our faith. But ultimately, it is only by chanting and applying our Buddhist practice. Namio ho ringe kyo. 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 I like the way you go Ringe Yeah Ringe Kyo Ringe Kyo That's good man The one that we're the Ringe is uh, uh, Part of the, the Lotus flower right Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. No. I get I, you know Okay go ahead now, dude, uh, you don't have lotus flower over the United States. You're probably somewhere over in Japan, right? Well, lotus flowers are around, but, but okay. Now, uh, the next thing I wanted to play was, is, that's what you're playing right now. What are we playing, then? That is the Hermetic Law. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's the occult. That's the occult. Well, guess what? It's, it really is the, the um, what, what she just, it's the Kabbalah, all right, which is a Jewish and Egyptian uh, understanding of the universe, okay? It's from it's from the pyramids. It's from you know maybe a civilization that was more advanced than we are. Okay, right. And they have already figured out very simple, uh, you know, simple not simple, but microcosm macrocosms, you know, and uh, you know. It's, it is the law of nature. Everything that goes in goes out. You know, it's sexual. It's, it's uh, how, you know, 
the universe evolves and it's in and out, in and out, in and out. Small, big, small, big, small, big. Okay, you know. Uh, it's it's not that hard to, you know, separation, integration, separation, integration. You know, cells divide and they evolve into the larger, you know, body. Right. Um, these are not, I don't think, that, I, I, I think at this point and our human understanding, it, it, it's not that big of a deal to understand that this is pretty basic stuff, you know? Well, I don't know. Hello? Is it usually like uh, yin-yang? Yin-yang, yeah. Okay. Er everything that goes to the left goes to the right. Right. And, you, know, you, you, you know, you find yourself in the middle, blah, blah, blah. You know, rhythm. You know, it's music. It's like, you know when something is off key. You know when something is off rhythm. You want to get it back in rhythm. You want to get it on key. You want to harmonize, you know? Okay. When it when it sounds like dog shit, you know it sounds like dog shit. You know, it's like, come on, man. You know, let's let's get this back. Let's let's start jamming again. You right. Know? And I think that is I think that's why music is such. You know, you look at Mozart. You look at the the the, the biggest artist. Um, you know. You can talk about paintings. You can talk about this form of art, that form of art, whatever. It's all about music. Right. Music music sums it up in no other art form that is uh, more important or more um, able to do that. Yeah. Mu music is the is the language of the there's no question about that. It's an old age old saying from them it, is uh, music soothes the savage beast and who we are not but a bit beast. Yes, yes. It it is it is when when things come into harmony, that's what you're looking for. You know? That's what you're trying to achieve. And when things are out of harmony and out of rhythm, then there's there's a problem. You know, let's get it back in the rhythm. Let's get it. Let's uh, harmonize. Let's have some fun. Let's, you know, let's feel good. You know, we, when you're when your body's out of harmony, it's what is it called? What's uh, it called? Disease. You don't feel at ease, right? Okay. You, you know, it's it's you want to feel you you want you want to be flowing, you know. Oh, was that the name of the word? I mean, I know it's disease, but dis ease. So yeah. you, at it's, ease. It's, okay. See, I learned something new when, when I'm you're three years yeah, old. When you're, yeah, when you're at ease, oh, everything's cool. When you're diseased, it's like something's not right. Here, we use you know? this for us, in other words, for, you know. Yeah, I could see where that could come yeah. to. Yeah. All right. So that uh, say it one more time. Nam yo ho renge kyo. Renge kyo. Renge kyo. 
Nam-yoho. Renge-kyo. Renge-kyo. Nam-yoho. Renge-kyo. Nam-yoho. Renge-kyo. Oh, I think you say it perfect, man. Okay. That's the first part of our conversation. All right. Let's uh, let's uh, pause for a commercial. We'll be right back. All right. Are you a Debbie Downer? Are you the kind of person that comes in and when everybody's having a good time and says, Hey, turn that music off. It's too loud. Well, betterhealth.com is for you. We have therapists standing by for all your bullshit needs. You know, uh, if you're the person that's always saying, Shut up! Shut up! Quit it! Well, BetterHealth.com will help you get through that bullshit. We were going to go down to Brazil and uh, maybe get a maybe get a farm down there but overlooking the the ocean got all the money in the world what more do you want she asked me I said well I got a career here I got to take care of three kids you like the you like to live the ritzy lifestyle you don't work anymore I gotta I gotta put food on the gosh darn table here I gotta buy a million dollar house I gotta I gotta live halfway across the state and and have a, a helicopter so I can even make it to practices. Why don't I just live in Tampa? She asked me. Oh, really? Would you like it in Tampa, where everybody was pulling their boats up on 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 the dock, where our kids are trying to play? You know, I mean. You 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 can't live like that. You got to live in a gated community. You know. I'm, I'm... Groovy. Sorry. Yeah, what was that? It sounded like a truck passing. And you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. <laughs> That's my favorite part of that is when the guy goes Diarrhea That's my part Okay, you do the When you got Acid reflux Indigestion And then I do the diarrhea part Okay Two, three, four Diarrhea No, my, my part's the diarrhea you have to do the other part. Okay, when you have nausea. When you have nausea, upset stomach. Now there's like. When you have nausea. One more time. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. When you have nausea. Heartburn. 
Upset indigestion, upset stomach. Okay, you do that part. I do the diarrhea part. When you have nausea, upset stomach, diet. No. Gotta write this up. Nausea. Nausea, upset stomach. No. Indigestion. When you have nausea, indigestion, upset stomach, then I go diarrhea. You have nausea, upset stomach, diet. No. When you have nausea, heartburn, upset stomach, diarrhea, you. That we're missing one, but but let's just do it with the three. When you have nausea, heartburn, upset stomach, and then I go diarrhea. Okay. Two, three, four. When you have nausea, heartburn, upset stomach, diarrhea. When you have Again. heartburn. When you have no. Uh, <laughs> I when, gotta, when when you have nausea, heartburn, upset stomach, then I say diarrhea. Okay, two, three, four. When you have nausea, heartburn, upset stomach, diarrhea. All right. When you have nausea, heartburn, upset stomach, diarrhea. 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 Oh, by the way, I've I've uh, figured out through our old old podcast where you say um, the last line you say um, more on that later more on that later mine was keep it simple stupid we've already been through that I was making sure that you know that I knew that I you know that I know that you know that you know that I know <laughs> when you have nausea upset stomach wait when you have nausea Harper do it one more time Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. <laughs> I've been fucking around with it. All right, give me, the give me an twelve gauge double barreled Remington, S marked it, top of the line. You can give me an Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. This sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retail for about one hundred nine ninety five. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel. And a hair, and a hair trigger. trigger. That's right. Shop smart. Shop, Shop smart. smart. You got that? Boom. <laughs> My boomstick. My boomstick. Gotta love Ash. Gotta love him. Who? Ash. Evil Dead. Bruce Campbell. Oh, oh Bruce Campbell. Yeah. That's where he does this yeah. one. <laughs> you, you know what one of the greatest movies of all time is that that a lot of people don't know about Bubba Hotep yeah he plays uh, a Elvis yeah plays old Elvis an aging Elvis in, a, in an old folks home and then they have and the it, black guy who was uh, who was he playing um he he's the president. Oh, JFK? Is that what he is? Yeah, he's okay. JFK. And then they have to they have to uh, a, a, a mummy is coming after them. They yeah. have to kill they have to kill the mummy. Now, if I were in Hollywood and I came up to your office and I and I gave you that idea, I said. I got an idea for a movie. 
It's called Vova Hotep. And it's about an Egyptian mummy. Well, first of all, it's about an Elvis impersonator. I think he's an impersonator. Mm -hmm. But he may really be Elvis. You don't know for sure. And he, and, and he, but he goes to an old folks home and he's roommates with a black guy named that thinks he's JFK. Right. All right. And he's in a wheelchair. And we have to battle this demonic mummy from the Egyptian days, okay, out there on the lawn. They take place what? in that somewhere in uh, Louisiana, I think. Yeah, I think so. And uh, and basically, I'm doing Elvis the whole time. So I'm like, thank you very much. Thank you very much. With a big pot belly. <laughs> and and he doesn't do much for Elvis's reputation as the king of all rock and roll. He's just making fun of him. The mm -hmm. Bruce Campbell. Oh, by the way, I saw that new Elvis movie, the one you saw a few months ago. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I thought you had seen it. I'm sorry. No, I, I just, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I saw a video clip of the kid, Austin something. Austin Butler, yes. Does a fine uh, job. It, yeah, and the thing that was amazing to me was it was just a rehearsal where they were just there was a you know three other guys i think guy on bass guitar and 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 playing a little drums over there and just like his band you know mm -hmm. and, and uh and and then uh, and then he was just singing and 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 i you know i think they did uh, what was the first song they did in the studio at that's Seven all right Red? mama that's all right mama yeah that's all right with you he has his that's all right mama. he has elvis down to Any a t way you do that's all right well yeah and you know and and he sang it you know they, these guys weren't they weren't even playing they were just like tuning their instruments and kind of and then all of a sudden he starts singing and then they get into the jam with him you know and start playing and they mess up a few times you know mm -hmm. and then and then um and then they get it together and it was like oh this guy is elvis he's exactly like the real elvis would have done mm -hmm. in the sun record studio you know and these guys you know uh actually i i, I saw the uh i saw that I, I i've been watching this um this um it's a thing on youtube and it's uh it's about um nashville guitar players and this guy goes around it's 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 done basically as a commercial for uh, the this pa this power pack that you use to uh, to power your your um, effects pedals. Okay, mm -hmm. but it really has nothing to do with with that. They, they this guy just sits down and he talks with these old Nashville guitar players. Some are old, some are young. Um, but they're all like, most of them are like, um, 
you know, uh, studio musicians, you know. But this guy is, you think I know about rock and roll? This guy knows all of these obscure, I mean, they're not obscure if you live in Nashville, you know. If you're into, like, country music and stuff. Oh, he's the guitar tech for um, Brad Paisley, okay? So this guy, you know, he, he knows what he's talking about. And man, he just, he talks, he talks about, I mean, he knows these guys, he knows their songs, you know, he was talking to the old guy from, um, from, um, uh, oh, what's that studio, Jackson, um, on Jackson, Force, I was trying to remember this, 4615 Jackson Highway, I have no um, idea. Alabama. Turn it up. Leonard Skinner. Well, they played on a Leonard Skinner album. Um, the, the guys from um, Alabama. Gee. The country? Huh? The country Alabama? So play oh, me the, the, some mountain music like Grandma Aretha, and Grandpa Aretha, used to play. Aretha Franklin. They did all, they did, uh, uh, what was the name of that damn studio? Fame. Fame, I don't know him. No, the, the studio was named Fame and, and the, uh, the, uh, musicians, they could pick a, they can pick a song or two. The the people down in Alabama, the Swampers. They call them the Swampers. Okay. They could they they could pick a song or two. The Swampers, they were the rhythm section for Aretha Franklin. Muscle Shoals. Muscle Shoals. Have you ever seen that documentary about Muscle Shoals? No, I have not. Anyway, the guitar player there that played on all of those. This guy was interviewing, and he knew more about the songs that that guy played than the guy himself knew. And the guy kept asking him questions like, do you remember this? He's like, uh, you know, this guy or that guy, and the guy would be—he would know the name right off the top of his head. And the guy was testing him. Anyways, back to what I was talking about. The uh, one of the guys he interviewed was the guitar player for those sessions, uh, where that for that Austin Butler guy, right. And he was, he's a young guy. He's like, he looks kind of like you, kind of a burly guy with a beard. And, um, and he was the, he played the, the guitar just like, um, the guy from the Sun Sessions, which I can't remember his name. See, that guy would have known it off the top of his head, like, no problem. He interviewed that guy too. I, I don't think he had died yet. I think that guy maybe died just within the last year or two. Um, Elvis's guitar player. 
I can't remember his name. See, I need I need to to get better at those guys. You know, the Nashville the Nashville studio dudes. Have you ever been to Nashville? I've been through it a few times. Yeah. Not stay stopped there. At, Not stay I the weekend. Stopped, I I stopped. Uh, walked around town for like an hour, you know, just to get the feel for it. And I don't know. I was on my way, I think, down here to Florida, maybe even. Um, Chattanooga right. is is the city that... See, I, I think that's why I moved to Austin, because I always thought that Nashville was um, kind of lame compared to Austin. You know, like, all the cool dudes are in Austin. You know, Willie's right. in Austin. Willie gave up Nashville, you know. Um, now, Johnny Cash lived in Nashville, you know. And then, basically, from when I grew up, you know, now we look back at these these days, and it's like, well, that, it was, it was that, it was hee-haw back in when we were growing up. Right. Why, why do I, it's corny. Why do I want to go to Nashville? It's corny. Bunch of cornball you know, country dudes there. And then, uh, now it's not that anymore. Now it's, it's, you know, more of a professional place than Austin is, you know, and Austin's kind of taking a back seat to Nashville now, you know? But, um, I don't know. I, I look at it, I looked at it. I, I'm like, yeah, not, not for me. Not now. You know, and now Austin has changed, and Austin's not the cool place it used to be, you know. And Nashville may be cooler now, so, but, but, uh, when I think of Chattanooga versus Nashville, I, I, I tend to want to go to Chattanooga because it's like, it's off the beaten path, you know what I mean? Like, right. nobody thinks, nobody thinks of Chattanooga. And I and I saw this documentary about Chattanooga and Nashville, and it was profiling both of those cities. And really, Chattanooga is cool, man. It's a neat looking place downtown, and I've only passed Chat. I've never gone down to the city. You know, I you go you go through on the highway, and you as you're as you're going up, you know. You almost every time that I once you get up in the mountains there and you, and you get and you pull over at that uh, welcome center, you know, mm -hmm. after you've been traveling a long time up the mountain, it's usually real foggy, you know. Probably the you, dri you drive into this fog and you know you you go to that welcome center and you're like, well, this it's kind of weird. It's kind of like almost spooky in a way and then and then you drive down into chattanooga and you're like looking around and you go and you see these houses way up on the hill like just perched up on the hill overlooking and it looks a little like la in a way you know you go wow those are some cool houses way up there on the hill i wonder how you get up there you know and then you look over to your left and you see the city and it looks from the highway like it's kind of a rundown city 
because you just see the industrial areas, but beyond that is the real downtown. And it's got the uh, Tennessee or the Cumberland, I think it's the Tennessee River going through it, which is the main, uh, one of the main arteries into um, the Ohio River. Now, when you say Chattanooga, I, I, uh, is Chattanooga known for their uh, musical place around there, or is it all mainly Nashville? They drive over to Nashville. That's a good question. Um, I don't think Chattanooga is known too much for the music. They're more of the hillbillies, you know, like the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Right, okay. There uh, was a, you know, but, okay, that's why I'm even saying this, <coughs> because... I think that there's a lot of music in Tennessee, regardless of where you're at. You know, it's just it's just like deliver. It's like Deliverance, you know, right? Like that. Like, do you remember that scene in Deliverance where that that kind of retarded-looking kid starts playing the banjo? Yeah. And that and that other guy is, is dueling banjos. I believe it is. Well, yeah, but in the scene, he's, he's, they don't really play that on the, you know, on the, they dub that in. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, but in the scene, the actor guy is, is, uh, he's got a, he's got a guitar and he's just, he just strums like a chord, like a G, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that little kid, Picks up his banjo. Ding ding, ding ding, ding ding, ding ding, ding ding ding, and then, and then you know it just builds from there, and then and then the the kids going, and then then that 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 old guy is dancing over there. Remember him? He's like dancing. Ned Beatty. No, no, the old the old hillbilly. Oh, okay. You know, they cut over there, and then and then uh, and then everybody starts watching, and and they're they're really jamming, you know, bluegrass music. Yeah, they got that kind of a like uh, chicken dancing in a kind of a way, if I want to call it something like that. Well, you know that old guy. He's just like he's just like stomping on. I think he's stomping on the porch yeah, or something yeah. like that. You know, and, and probably playing spoons. You know, so they got the music and and their soul there. You know, uh, that's Tennessee for you. That's the Appalachian Mountains. Now, why why did the bluegrass come out of the Appalachian Mountains? Most of the people that that moved into the Appalachian Mountains were from Scotland and Wales, some Irish, you know, but they took that tradition of folk music from those areas, you know, mm. and they brought they brought it over. It's just like Led Zeppelin. When when did when did Led Zeppelin Misty Mountain Hop, you know? Right. They would they would go and hole up in a little cabin, and I I think South Wales, uh, Bronwyn Yard. Mm -hmm. Do you know Do you know that Do you know that from the Zeppelin record? Yes, yes, I heard of it. 
But do you know what that place is? No, I do not. Please tell me. Okay, it's a little cabin in in. That's the Welch. Yeah, the cabin's called Bron Y R. So B R O N, then dash Y, then dash A U R. Okay. Braun Wyar. Sounds like German yeah. slash French in a way. Well, maybe not. Yeah, it's it's a, it's not this uh, in in Wales the language you couldn't understand them. Right. Uh, it is English, but it's a weird dialect form yeah. of English. Yeah, dialect. Hey, that's a good word. You got that one. Anyways, uh, it was just um, there's there's a video uh, of of uh, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant as they're older, you know, when this is, this is, you know, after Led Zeppelin broke up, uh, you know, this is probably in the 2000s. And they go back to that little cabin where they wrote a bunch of their songs. They would just sit in that cabin, just, just them get stoned and, 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 you know, have a fire there going and uh, come up with a bunch of tunes. Mm -hmm. And there's a video of, uh, of them going back and talking about it, you know, and then they sing the song. Robert Plant's got like this thing that he turns, you know, like, um, uh, you know, like, have you ever seen those, those like s street shows? Where the monkey guy guy turns this thing and the monkey dances. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, old man uh, playing on the uh, accordion. Yeah, yeah. But, but but it's like a thing that he turns. It's got a handle on it. Right, right. I if if I I don't if I knew the name I would say it right now. But I yeah I don't know. It's it's in my head. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know the name of that that instrument either but he's he's playing something like that and it's like making this drone sound you know, like right ring, 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 ring. and uh, anyway uh so they they sing and then uh uh anyway point being is that they're that's where the music comes from and then they then they uh hold up in the Appalachian Mountains and they created bluegrass out of that. Now, then they started migrating down to Nashville and that's, that's where Hee Haw came from and that's why it got such a... Uh, Huge hit. Yeah, okay. Well, I became mean... Became uh, national when everybody... Uh, Hee Haw was okay. I watched a little bit. I was Hee Haw younger, was great. Hee Haw was great. Uh... It's kind of like it, 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 it. To me personally, I think Hee Haw is like before Austin. Austin. Uh, what's that one in Austin? Uh, Austin City Limits. Yeah, I think that this was Hee Haw was before that one, and then that. Well, well yeah. Except this Nash is more of a comedy show. You know why Nashville is became Nashville, like yeah. the music center. How? It was an insurance company in downtown Nashville, and they sponsored this radio show. And it was just like, you know, they were trying to sell insurance, and then they would have a radio show, like, 
this is at the beginning of uh, radio in the 40s, uh, maybe even the 30s. Mm-hmm. And and so then they they would sponsor this radio show and it got more and more popular. And then it moved to the, you know, the Ryman Auditorium and the Opryland, or not Opryland, but the Grand Old Opry. Mm-hmm. And then that's how it became, you know, a draw. You know, we're talking back in the days of uh, uh, Hank Williams. You know Hank Williams? Yeah. Name one Hank Williams song. You're cheating heart. Oh, good. Holy shit. Very good, Bill. Wow. You You got that right off the top of your head. Uh, let me think of one. And what did he um, what, what did he call his son? Junior. No. There's Hank a name Williams. for it. Junior. Bocephus. Thank you very much, Bocephus. Bocephus. Yeah. Anyway. You know what? Ha- do you know what happened to him? He's got a metal plate in his head. Yeah, fell down on top of a, a, a ledge and a you know, out in the mountains his, and all that fell over. Crushed down his the mountains. head in. Yeah. That's why he wears oh, a beard because he's got so much scars around there. Yeah. Wow. Man, you do know your, uh, you know your a your little history. bit tidbit here. That's all. Well, I got to remember too. When I was younger, I had a stepfather who was really, really, really big time in Hank Williams Jr. And Hank right, Williams. Na- na- name a Hank Williams Jr. song. Um, Jesus. Both Cephas. Oh, that's the name of the song, but. Uh, that's the name of his uh, person that his father called him. Um, my mind's coming to blank right now. <laughs> well, the one I'm thinking of is the one that all my rowdy friends are coming. Oh, yeah, all my now. exes live in Texas. No, that's not. No, all my rowdy friends are. NFL song. Oh, yeah, yeah. All, all my rowdy friends are coming. My ex is living. That's Tom T. Hall. Yeah, I forgot that one. Getting them missed. Merle Haggard. George Jones. um, Willie, of course. um, um, uh, Waylon Jennings. Come on. I pretty much. Uh, what about Charlie Daniels? Oh, the best song ever. That went down to Georgia with him. That's not the best song ever. That was the most popular song. Well, that's true, but yeah. But my favorite is "You Can Take This Long Haired Hippie and Leave Me the Hell Alone." Oh, is that before or after the Devil Down to Georgia? As before, he, he, he says, Some people are that's all right with me. Don't you go. Take this long hair hippie whiskey bent and hellbound. Sure. Also, got there's a tear in my beer. Yeah. 
He used to live, uh, a lot of songs I used to live, uh, uh, my my stepfather would sing. But, uh, you know who another good one is? Alan Jackson. Garth Brooks ain't bad either. Yeah, except when he crossed over to Chris Gaines. Well, <laughs> that was, that was, okay. That was that, that, a failure. Hold, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. That was that was one of the the guys that the show I'm watching. He interviewed the guitar player for the Chris Gaines sessions. All right, and he said, "You know what? Every everybody hates Chris Gaines' album. Everybody hates that album except the ones who've listened to it." Okay, <laughs> he said. He said it's a damn good album. And he says, I stand by it. We had a great time making it. Nobody got it. But you know what? That album stands on its own. And I haven't I haven't listened to it. I don't know. Me either. I've never listened to it too. It's just just what everybody says, you know, that it, it was, you know, a ridiculous idea, but it started out as a movie. You know, it, it, he was going to play this part in the movie, and they were making the album, the songs for it. And then the movie never came out, never got together. But they had all these good songs they had written for it. Why let them go to waste? Try yeah, them out so in the airways. So, so then <laughs> they, they came up with that goofy idea, and, and it blew up into space. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, all right. It's been good talking to you. That's all we got for today. Well, it's good enough for 32 minutes. It's a long film. Well, I'll tell you more on that later. Then. I'll keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> later. <laughs>